Fashion Questions. On each episode, we ask a different question to retail insiders about the fashion industry. This is where they share their views and insights. Brought to you by Hive. The group's fashion portfolio includes Moda at Spring and Autumn Fair, Pure London and Pure Origin. Stay tuned. Welcome to Fashion Questions. There's definitely a buzz around the metaverse. From 3D stores to NFTs, the retail industry is venturing into this new ground to reach new customers and increase sales, and not necessarily in cryptocurrency. Fashion Questions. Should your business enter the metaverse? If you're unsure, listen to this new episode. I'm Lina Vash, content editor at Hive, and with me in the studio is Nora Zhukaskaite, Global Marketing Director at Brand Agency London, that owns three beauty brands, Siate London, Skin Proud, and Lottie London. Good morning, Nora, and thank you so much for being with us. Many people are still confused about the metaverse. Can you explain what it is in a simple way? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's truly, um, as you rightly said in your introduction, a buzzword of today among many industries and many companies. And um, the way I think about it, the simplest way to understand is Web3 being the succession of Web2, which is a computing environment, and metaverse is the succession of internet. So it's um, natural evolution, and when uh, within internet, we were more of observers because it progressed from being static, being social media, and um, being driven by content creators. The web free is the next evolution of it. Mm -hmm. So when we think about metaverse, it's really the evolution of internet when we are not observers, but we play the active part. And therefore, a lot of times when you um, hear the conversations or read reports about metaverse, they say um, a lot of it is based on the decentralized governance. It means mm -hmm. that we, consumers, um, and individuals, we take an active part in creating it. So we build it to, rather than being the absor absorbers of what is already built and being just the users of it. So, for example, we can build our worlds, we can build our lands, we can create our assets and be and, and in this way form what it is, if you know what I mean, I see, versus, yes. you know, just taking a part as a consumers and consuming of the environment which was built by someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's really quiet. Uh, to me, it's probably the simplest way to understand it. So, you know, metaverse being the evolution of the internet, and there is one metaverse, there is not many metaverses, like where there is one internet and there is not many internets. And it's also not exactly the same which, uh, as web free, although people sometimes tend to kind of confuse and mix uh, these terms. But, you know, Simplest way to understand it, Web3 is the evolution of computing mm -hmm. and Metaverse is the evolution of the internet when each of us are immersed into it and, and play, play an active, an active part. part creating what that is. Mm -hmm. And why is beauty such a good fit for the Metaverse? I think overall, uh, beauty, fashion, consumer good industries overall are a good fit for several reasons. First of all, it helps to build further the immersive experience of what the brand is. Mm -hmm. So 
you can build worlds, you can build active ingredients, you can build games where the consumers or the people which are um, the active participants of Metaverse can look, feel, play an active part helping you build the brand, right? So that's, imagine, that's um, creating a really tight um, connection with a brand for multi- across multiple touch points because it's very immersive mm-hmm. and across prolonged time periods, right? So the fact that if experience is truly immersive and engaging, um, when you are in, in real life, you probably re- will relate to the brand more and you will be more inclined to say purchase the brand or, you know, be a consumer of a brand. Mm-hmm. So any pa- package good, consumer good, um, fashion, beauty are perfect for that kind of experience, if you will. Mm-hmm. It also, um, fashion and beauty, both industries are relying a lot, especially within the web too, content generation from our um, consumers environment. And therefore, in, for example, NFT world, non-fungative tokens, that's also um, a great... Just to uh, explain, maybe for people who are not so familiar with the term, what, what, it, what are NFTs? It's non-fungative token, which is essentially a digital asset, which is minted on the blockchain and created by various 3D or not necessarily 3D creatives. And then you basically are able to sell them and, and therefore it assigns value of any digital meme, GIF or whatnot, which has been created on the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And therefore you can trade it and each time someone buys it, you are able to you know, earn the commission or assign value to it, You know, which is very different because until now, a lot of digital assets, images or whatnot were created um, on the internet were basically without assigned creator yes. and assigned value. So that's essentially changing how, you know, just like, imagine, just like in a painting, it has an author and it has a value, right? Exactly. So but now assigning, the... exactly, the original author and original value in the digital world. That's essentially what NFTs is. So collaborating with an NFT artist or making um, your products in a digital way helps, um, which is very visual, again, for beauty and fashion industries, helps to collaborate with content creators. And therefore, you know, when we talk about metaverse, um, few of the industries, which is, you know, beauty and, and, and fashion are really the early adopters of that area. And do you have products that are just available on the metaverse or do you have products that are available both on the metaverse and on a physical store? So at the moment, we don't own any physical store, but we did um, a lot of immersive experiences like launch events and launch parties. We did a collection with NFTs for one of our brands that replicated the design of the products, which we collaborated with one um, Panami art, uh, New York-based um, artist. So uh, it's a, it's basically, we are we don't separate the two worlds in, uh, right now, but probably, you know, in the future, you will be, uh, we will be building certain experiences that um, and certain, say, products that are that are available only for metaverse or only for digital world versus, you know, for both physical and digital. At the moment, is a, a kind of a more we were focusing not on the products itself, but on the experience and how to make that engaging. And why did you decide to introduce the beauty brands you represent to the metaverse and what has been the response so far? So by looking at the research, you know, we can't ignore the fact that um, it's becoming a really important space. Mm-hmm. You know, um, imagine in 2021, the investment within this industry was 13 billion U.S. dollars by 
um, private equities and, and, and venture capitalists. By 2022, that's doubled with a total investment already by end of May reaching $120 billion. So imagine from $30 billion going to $120 billion. That's a massive investment. By that's 2030, true. we are expected that Metaverse is going to create the value of $5 trillion U.S. dollars. That's massive. Yes. So you cannot ignore the rising importance of the Metaverse in our lives. And naturally, as I said, it's just going to be the evolution how we consume computing and Internet, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, you know, representing the brands is important that we establish our footprint quite early, quite quickly, that we absorb and we take an active part. Because essentially and eventually, this is, will be a new way how consumers um, interact. You know, it was not going to obviously replace the reality and real world, but it's just going to become complementary. So it's really important at the earliest stages to, to show the presence, to have a presence, try and test various things because not necessarily everything works for everyone. Mm -hmm. And then in this way, start creating connections at an early stage. And that is really predominantly the main reason why we started playing in this area, if you will. The Institute of Digital Fashion did a collaboration with designer Roxanda Ilinsik, and you could see the dress in AR and purchase it as a, an NFT, but in pounds, not cryptocurrency. Is it good to give people a choice in terms of currency, or will cryptocurrency prevail? We did similar when we launched um, in September last year the um, NFT collection commemorate our, our collaboration with Selling Sunset fashion star Christine Quinn. So our NFT collection uh, was available on the platform which um, let you buy the NFTs in US dollars, not only in the, the cryptocurrency. And it's really um, the reason for that is um, to remove the barriers of accessibility, right? So not only the people um, who trade at the moment uh, in cryptocurrency, but also the people who want to be as a part and take an active part of Metaverse to let them enter the space by using their, you know, um, currencies. So I think it's great to give the choice and to have alternative because essentially by giving the opportunity for people to purchase in any currencies, you're having you let the influx of new consumers into the metaverse space in the area. So that's yes. great, yes. you know. On the other hand, uh, you have a case like uh, Louis Vuitton, who has already opened the first store accepting cryptocurrency. For global travelers, this is an interesting proposition, but is it good for retailers? I think it's a very complex proposition, and I'll tell you why. I believe our currently, and I think this is going to change, in the next six months or even 12 months. We do not have infrastructure which lets established companies to trade in crypto well. A, the fluctuations are massive. B, how do you account this on the balance sheet? C, how do you tax it when it's fluctuating, fluctuating so much? So until we have an established infrastructure from accountancy to, you know, transactions, whatnot, mm -hmm. I think it's great to have this availability, but it opens a lot of questions. And we're not ready yet. Do I think we're going to be ready anytime soon? Yes, 
because it's that that's you know we can see even you know in sporting industry lots of NBA players you know there was a big announcement last year that they decided and signed the contracts with their clubs getting part of their pay or even the whole pay in the cryptocurrency so surely there is a huge movement um, and the huge push to start setting up the systems um, and the banking systems and accounting systems, you know, how we're going to trade, how we're going to tax, how we're going to deal with um, recent fluctuations and what recently is happening in the cryptocurrency. But at the moment, it's, it's it opens though. a lot of questions on how to deal with it effectively and efficiently. Reese Witherspoon said on a Twitter that in the near future, every person will have a parallel digital identity. Is this realistic considering the obstacles in terms of technology, devices and carbon footprint, or will it remain a niche market? No, I definitely don't think it's going to be a niche market at all, as I mentioned. And, and, and this is based on the research and recent reports where it shows the amount of investment going into metaverse from brands, from companies, from, as I said, private equities and VCs is just insane. Mm -hmm. So we cannot, so it's not going to be niche. It's going to be a part of us. Now, I feel that we do have at the moment established identity. If you go to the, to the internet, to the browser, you Google each of us and we have, you will find some sort of identity. What's going to be different and actually in gaming industry, we are, um, which was one of the first industries which kind of started this bridge into the metaverse, we started creating our identities. The difference was that we were selecting for, you know, our, say, avatars from free options. We were trading um, with currencies within gaming platforms, which they were offering. Now, what's going to change is that this will become unified. So I will be able to choose my own identity as an avatar, and it can be in the form of, you know, dark hair and certain body type, or it can be in the form of I'm a unicorn, and it will be unified across all platforms. So it's not like you access one game, you're going to be avatar like this, and you're going to train with Roblox, which is a currency of Roblox. And you go to another game, you're going to have different identity, et cetera. You will just have unified identity, right? Across all. Across all, like unified currency across all. What we need to really think about identity um, is... How do we avoid the mistakes which were apparent only at a later stage when we started establishing our identities within social media? At the beginning, we never knew about our privacy data leaks and how our data was sold to the third parties multiple times for multiple millions and billions and so on. Now when we have all this knowledge, right, and we are again at the edge of revolu digital revolution coming from, you know, Web2, which is led by social media and usage, user-generated uh, user content, to Web3, which is led by Metaverse and Immersive Experience. Having all this knowledge of what identity and how to protect it is crucially important. How do we do that? So how do we ensure all those bad learnings we got recently, you know, um, is protected? within our digital identity in the metaverse. That's definitely a challenge, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we have a lot of knowledge, which we gathered, right? So I think, you know, data pri uh, privacy has been a big, big, big topic. And there's lots of, you know, big monopolist companies which 
hefty connections, you know, after multiple scandals, um, which happened in the last few years. So I think, you know, we just need to be really conscious as individuals, as con consumers, as the players uh, who will be playing an active part in building what the metaverse is, mm -hmm. you know. In the Tiffany's exhibition at the Saatchi Gallery in London this summer, you could scan a QR code and try the necklace Lady Gaga wore at the Oscars in 2019 with the famous yellow Tiffany diamond. Is this something we will start seeing in physical retail stores or is the metaverse more appropriate for this kind of digital experience? I think we are already seeing this and actually it was triggered by the recent pandemic and COVID we had. So when the stores started closing down, especially within beauty, I'll be honest, when the stores are, were closing down, when you could not go into physical store and talk to beauty consultant and saying, well, I don't know what color of lipstick will be appropriate for my skin tone or help me please to match my foundation because, you know, we were not allowed to commute and, and the stores were closed and the sampling was forbidden due to the hygienic reasons. We started, um, it was really the acceleration of AR and VR technologies, A, for retailers, B, for the brands themselves. So now um, if you sell, say, cosmetics, you probably will have some sort of a virtual assistant or you will have probably some sort of a tool which will help you virtually try the makeup mode before buying either using the app, either using on desktop, or even going to the stores and scanning the QR code on your point of sale and immersing yourself into the, what the brand story is rather than just buying a product. So, and that, as I mentioned, was triggered by the recent global, you know, pandemic events. So I don't think it's just going to be the within the metaverse. I think it's very much now being adapted much more in the, st in, in the stores already. And, you know, giving the opportunities for brands really become closer to consumers when they are shopping in the store just from the product proposition, but, you know, giving them the opportunity through, say, QR codes say, uh, or VR or AR in immerse and, and enter what the brand is about, you know. So, for example, if you're choosing a, a perfume, you know, giving an opportunity for, for, for a person, go in the fields of lilac or whatnot and think this is where we gather, this is how the manufacturing product is done, and so on and so forth. That's really powerful. Yes. No, it does open a lot of possibilities. I spoke with uh, Jonathan DeMello, founder and CEO of JDM Retail, on a video published on our Pure London and Autumn Fair websites. He said that the metaverse is a channel that should definitely be considered, uh, but perhaps not fully invested in, because there are many different metaverses. He compared it to search engines, which have eventually consolidated into Google or WhatsApp becoming more dominant in the mobile messaging sector. He predicted the winner will be Facebook because they already have everyone's data. If we put investment aside, what can brands and retailers do right now to enter the metaverse? I agree with the fact that, you know, it's in early stages, but I personally think but rather wait for consolidation. And I think that's actually what we should avoid. We should avoid having a monopoly in the metaverse and rather have diff many different players than someone like Meta owning it completely. And that's, I think, is very dangerous zone to get in. So I think that the brands and retailers should really, um, A, 
start researching the area, understand what are the opportunities, try various experiences and various digital activities. For example, you know, from brand virtual stores to exhibition centers to digital arts of the products and partnering with, you know, um, various um, content creators who are specializing in this world, attaching and looking what loyalty schemes can be done. So there's multiple things which a brand can do. But, or a retailer can do. I think there are a few things. First, understanding what are the opportunities, so really researching. Secondly, looking what has been done right now. Third, trying in various different things because there is no right or wrong. And then really um, thinking of the long-term perspective and the short-term perspective. It's, it's quite hard at the moment because we don't know what's going to be in the next 6, 12, 18 months, because it's changing rapidly and the people are building as we speak. So at the moment, you can, you know, if you go to the decentral land and buy the land, you can build what, what not on that land, whatever you imagine, you know. And therefore, you know, that space of decentral land is constantly changing because people and active players are constantly evolving and innovating it. So we don't know what it's going to look like. But I think rather than waiting until it's consolidated and owned by one big monopoly company monopoly and who is going to probably utilize and use your data, it's we should actually start taking active part and making sure that this does not happen. Because mm-hmm. I think this is a very dangerous, you know, giving the keys of metaverse to one or few players, just like what we have in, in the big technology companies right now, is a very dangerous place to be yes. in. Is there anything that you wish you had known before entering the metaverse? Any advice you can share with our audience? Um, I wouldn't say that there is something that we didn't know and we learned as we go. I think there is a few things. Um, Data privacy and platform safety is two things which there is a lot of discussions about. You know, we even, you know, you can read about, say, how avatars being attacked um, by other avatars within the various platforms. And that, you know, that essentially creates the, the safety question and issue of how do you report any assault in the metaverse and who's supposed to kind of monitor ensure or safety. ensure safety, you know? And so that's kind of opens, given that it's very based and built on decentralized governance. So we are all, there's no one, a big power who says this is right, this is wrong, right? So there's no judgment system. We're all (laughs) taking active part in it. So who decides what's right and wrong and how do we protect each other, you know? So that's that's a big subject which is being discussed and we all of us need to kind of monitor that quite uh, closely, I think. But overall, I would just encourage for senior management to really start um, reading and immersing themselves in this area because, you know, there's a lot of skeptics saying, oh, this is just a marketing buzzword, etc. And um, those skeptics come from two areas. So first is, oh, it's just a fad and it's going to disappear, which I strongly disagree because if you read a lot and if you research a lot, you will see that it's not a fad. And because of the investments and recent developments which happened from 2021 until this year. And there is another round of skeptics that should I should every brand be be on metaverse, which I support, and I don't think that every brand should be on the metaverse, and every brand should just replicate their physical presence within the metaverse. You know, it should be complementary rather than you know yes. just a replication of I don't know post office. Yeah, I don't think we need a post office at this point in the metaverse when we have an actual one to do our business, right? But 
So, so for all the skeptic of this world about metaverse, I think we need to make sure that more and more senior managers um, and management in general and people who govern go and do their research and understand what that is because that's um, inevitable digital revolution involvement which is uh, leaning upon us and embrace it. There is so much great opportunities, you know, and the more I think you read and the more you see what brands are doing, the more ideas you're going to have of how you can find your unique presence. It's also the space where um, it's becoming really quickly very crowded. And my biggest fear about it is that whereas I do represent the indie brand and the privately owned company, so we're small and nibble and able, you know, to fast and be the first early adopters, but eventually, you know, I fear that the space will be overtaken by the companies, you know, blue chip companies who have unlimited resources when it comes to, you know, uh, money and budgets and build these amazing experiences and therefore, you know, who can cost um, hundreds of thousands. And then, you know, that the smaller companies in the indie brands who were able to enter the space very quickly because of their startup and agile um, ways of working will be overtaken by them, you know. So that's my kind of biggest fear. So, so really interesting space to watch and look at. And Definitely. I think, you know, to absorb just what's happening and just to read and research. And um, actually McKinsey uh, recently, um, just this week, published a great report on Metaverse about the value of Metaverse. And I think everyone... Um, who is within, you know, the business and digital transformation should just read and really understand what it is about. Because we fear what we don't understand. Exactly. That's our human nature, you know. It's a natural evolution. So let's embrace it and see how we all can establish our unique footprint in there. Thank you so much, Nora. Thank you so much for being with us. That was so exciting. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned.